the challenge is like anything that is deviating their interest or focus from the product, product quality, supply chain. I think it doesn't make any sense to spend time on pricing. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight forget Amazon private label sellers, but also for resellers. If you're um, selling on Amazon at all, really, today is going to be for you. We're talking profits today. I'd like to reintroduce Hi Mark, the CEO and co-founder of Eva, or Ava, which is an intelligent profit maximization platform for Amazon sellers. So you're already speaking my language. I'm obsessed with persuading people that, that turnover is vanity, profit is sanity. So welcome back to the show. Hi, good to see you. Thank you very much, Mike, for having me. And it's great to be in the show again. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you back. So where are you coming to us from uh, today, Hi, in the world? Yeah, today I'm in San Diego. It's uh, quite early in the morning, but I'm so excited to be in your show. Excellent. I, I know you've, you're caffeinated and ready to rock and roll. So we're going to talk about, I've, I've titled it, and I hope you, you approve the very California marketing style, exploding e-commerce profit margins with smart mar- smart pricing, because it really can make a dramatic difference, can it? So first of all, let's dig into this. Why does pricing matter in the context of profit? Surely we just need to sell more units, don't we? Isn't that the main way to drive things? Everything else is just fiddling around? I agree. And, uh, you know, we need to go back to the basics here and first of all, check the reason for Amazon to exist even today. Because when there are like surveys to the consumers about like why they are buying from Amazon, if you look at it, there are like three main reasons. Number one is like variety of products, uh, great selection. Number two is like the fastest shipment. And number three is still the price of the items. So the price matters. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it's the only thing that matters, but it matters a lot. If you don't have the right price, first of all, you cannot sell your products, even if you put thousands of dollars of advertising. So it makes sense to price your products right. So that's the kind of the number one principle. But on top of that, what if there is a way to even maximize the profits more if you are having like a dynamic pricing method, which means that, you know, instead of a stable static price, your prices are changing to tailor the market changes and make sure that you are maximizing the profits. And that's what Amazon is doing with their own brands, like they have more than 400 brands and everything is dynamically priced. That's what the large sellers and some of the smart aggregators are doing. Now, next thing is like, what if we are able to deliver that functionality 
to any seller, even the ones that are starting and just selling maybe a couple of thousand dollars of things a month, they can even use that, right? So that's the kind of the whole purpose of uh, bringing that great functionality for to both private labels and resellers so they can also maximize their profits too. Excellent. That makes a lot of sense to me. And it's interesting to hear that you're modeling Amazon's behavior, which is always smart. It's not always good to do what Amazon encourages us to do, which is just sell more widgets, but it's good to model what they do for themselves, right? So there's a bit of a distinction. And also the smart aggregators, there's a lot of big, big money behind those guys. They don't do things for random reasons. So those are two very powerful models to follow, if you will. So the next question is really, um, you've, you've mentioned selection, faster shipping and pricing attracts consumers to Amazon, presumably lower price is what primarily attracts consumers to Amazon. So the, the next question is then, is repricing mostly about reducing prices or can we actually raise prices? And what do you think the factors are behind those decisions? No, that's a great question. And uh, we are mostly talking about even raising the prices because if the product is great, if the advertising is done right, if uh, the pictures, the video content, if the explanations are all good, and these are great reasons to sell the product. Now, what we are thinking is that the principles of like, you know, the, the economy is very simple, right? If there is more than the prices can go up. And, you know, that's what we kind of th think, you know, as the demand is increasing, the prices should in increase as well. And as, as the demand is decreasing, the, the prices should decrease as well. That can be taken into account just from the, the product itself, like the product's velocity point of view, but also there are similar products. There is a market of that product. And what if like that market is also booming and there is a lot of uh, demand on the same market, then it makes sense also that the, the trends are also influencing the pricing uh, and also the seasonality is influencing the pricing too. So if the, it's the right season, right time to sell uh, sunglasses, it's like May, April, if it's uh, a European location and the sun is shining, then more sunglasses will be sold. Then why not to uh, also take into account that seasonality aspect as well? So all of them uh, require an algorithm to make sure that the prices are increased. For online sellers, nothing beats in-person learning and connecting. Join Ecom Events at one of their four events throughout the USA. Miami in January, San Diego in March, Minneapolis in July and New York City in October. The conference offers tips and tools to increase sales, food and drink and real connections to other sellers and experts. Head over to e-comevents.com and register today with promo code AMAZINGFBA to save $50 off your ticket cost. Interesting. And you mentioned with algorithms, so we'll revisit the how-to piece in a minute. So one other question, well, one other thing that strikes me, first of all, observation, that you were talking about rising demand. So you, you just split it into two pieces. So observation first, which is the product itself. So if you're a reseller, that's all you get to play with, isn't it? You, you're buying and, and reselling against a listing of a specific product. So that has a sort of dynamic about demand specifically for that product. And then you're talking about the market as a whole, which for private label or 
uh, custom product sellers is the, the big obsession, right? So I guess the keyword-driven market, maybe there's more keyword search volume in, in, in November for gifts for Christmas for boys than there is in January, for example, in seasonality. The other thing that strikes me, this is the observation, I guess, supply and demand determine price. You've talked about increased demand. I would also say constricted supply, which I guess all of us have experienced, right, in the physical products world in the last 12 months really pushes up prices as well. What's your view on um, inflation specifically within the consumer, you know, FMCG, fast moving consumer goods market? Do you think it's going up? Does that give us more pricing power than usual? Right. Absolutely. That looks like the supply chain issues will continue also in the in the next year, 2022. And, and I think that it will not go away for at least six to nine months, looking at, you know, checking what's going on right now, especially between China and US. And as a result of, so that's one part of the issue. The other side of the issue is the Amazon warehouses. Although Amazon is investing billions of dollars, still the FBA is, you know, the, their, the Amazon FBA capacity is full. So just yesterday, I was talking with one of the top sellers. And three weeks ago, Amazon told them you can send, uh, you know, unlimited number of units. And one day, like like yesterday, he his again his units are limited, like restricted to like two hundred units uh, only or something like that. So, which means that from both sides, the Amazon sellers are getting like squeezed with the supply chain decisions, both from Amazon side and the supply chain side. Now, what can pricing do to that? Like. Uh, the pricing at least can be intelligent to know what is the inventory levels. And if the inventory is going down, it's not only about the inventory, but based on the velocity and the inventory, which we call a parameter inventory days, like how many inventory days left for this product. And the pricing should really, you know, kind of, you know, if if a certain threshold is 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 passed, then the pricing should impacting the velocity because one of the worst things for private labels today is to be out of stock. I know that maybe like a year ago, even two years ago, I've been to a lot of like podcasts where or you know blocks where the people are thinking talking about okay, you know, sell it from one single price and go for out of stock, and who cares now. Today, it's absolutely different on Amazon. If you go out of stock, it will be much harder to come back to the same point in, in your ranking, in your keyword ranking or uh, bestseller ranking. Maybe two, three years ago, it was exactly the same, like be out of stock for two weeks and come back to the same point in one hour. But right now, it's not the case. So that's a, a big deal. A second important thing is, more and more, we see loyal customers on Amazon, and they would they buy your product from Amazon, and they want to see your product available. If you're out of stock, it will definitely damage the trust. Like people, because there's always like ten alternatives to your product, and maybe five of them are super similar. I mean, how long a consumer will wait? The loyalty on Amazon is to your product, but but not to your availability. So nobody will wait. Okay, yeah, which absolutely. means that's another area where if the pricing can avoid or delay out of stock, that's a, a critical functionality from my perspective. 
absolutely couldn't agree more. And, and I want to just make a slightly broader point. I mean, obviously, Ever is a super smart solution to a specific problem. But I think people, it takes a lot of people, like people who've been in business for generations in some cases, are just waking up to the idea like, the biggest loss of money you're going to make, never mind if you just forget about Amazon as a black box of marketing stuff and you just think money in, money out, and you think of it as an economic machine. The biggest loss to your profits is lost opportunity to sell because you're just out of stock, in my opinion. So being out of stock is huge. And I think people have always ignored that like it doesn't matter in some weird way. And maybe you've just put your finger on the fact that for ranking, it is really a terrible idea now. But it was always a terrible idea for your bottom line. So I would say not going out of stock is the number one obsession we should have. And price is, is obviously a massive lever for that. So. So, OK, well, I think we've convinced people that this matters. So the question then becomes, how do we manage this? How do we solve this problem? So I know that some people are doing it manually that, that I know, which is a huge job. One person with several, there's a multiple seven figure business that, that based in the UK that's manually doing it. But obviously that's pretty hard to do. So automation is part of the picture. But first of all, how are we even deciding what's the what's the basic parameters that we use to decide on pricing? So you mentioned an algorithm. Even we're not using a computer of any kind, we've got to have a process. So what are the basic factors in that process? Right. And maybe even to, to, to name it an algorithm is not uh, kind of, you know, completing the big picture because it's really an artificial intelligence where the algorithm is a changing one. Like it's not exact. It's not like because when you talk about an algorithm, maybe always giving the same uh, result as a as a you know if the inputs are the same. But the point with artificial intelligence is the output is changing by the time based on the result as the algorithm is becoming more intelligent, and that's why it's called the artificial intelligence. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, some of the audience are now when they hear about AI and they're just telling me, well, everybody's telling us that they're all AI based, AI powered. Well, you know, I got my computer engineering degree on artificial intelligence almost 21 years ago. And based on my uh, very extensive work that I did in the first like decade of my work history, I can tell you that especially on the Amazon space, uh, 99% of anything AI powered or AI, whatever, you know, by based, it's unfortunately not correct. So it's not AI because, and you know, then it, I'm like kind of just creating a situation. So, so am I now talking about Eva being on the 1% and yes, that's what I'm telling because, you know, I, uh, wrote the code in the beginning. So I know that it's AI because the key point with that algorithm or learning machine, I mean, that's really a machine which is learning, is about collecting more data and then, you know, kind of changing the results. And that's what is existing in AI. So what are the parameters that are impacting the AI decision? Number one is definitely the inventory. We talked about that. Number two is the demand, and the demand has a couple of things like what's the velocity and the, you know the seasonality and the seasonality of the market. Like there is a market seasonality and there is a product seasonality. For example, how do we understand the product seasonality? If the if the private label seller is selling the same product last year, that gives a great input to the AI 
okay, you know, take into account the last year sales velocity and based on that, come up with also some ideas about what needs to be, what will happen this year. And the market conditions, definitely important there. Uh, and um, I mean, these are more kind of the, the results of a lot of other actions, by the way, which is like the quality of the content, advertising, and the cost of advertising, not only just advertising itself, but the cost and the ACOs, all these things are reasons that are impacting the velocity. And then the velocity is impacting the, the, the pricing decisions as well. I mean, if you, if you think about that. Yeah. So I guess it's a second order, order derivation, right? So you do a bunch of stuff that impacts the velocity and then the velocity affects pricing. So yeah, it's, it's quite a complex sort of A affects B, B affects C, but I can certainly uh, understand that the basics of that. And uh, one of the things I just, again, another thought is that the advertising number that I think is critical from the sort of linking marketing with finances is the total advertising cost of sales or the advertising to sales ratio, which is very simply if you sell $10,000 of a product in a month and you spend thousand dollars in advertising on that product overall that would be for example 10 percent. so i think that number is critical because that means you're either making a loss or a gross margin and it strikes me that that number is a, a function of two numbers one is the advertising percentage which everyone's obsessed with but the other one is of course the selling price and if you're selling if you're increasing the price then effectively you can afford to spend a bit more on advertising or if the ad stays the same you make more profit right which is again coming back to profit maximization Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, a subset of the amazing FBA family of podcasts. So today we were talking really about a fundamental part of your business, profit. In the end, the business exists to make profit. Yes, it's there to create wonderful products for consumers, but it's not a business unless it makes a profit. It has no value as a sellable asset unless it makes a profit. I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down, as they say. I keep saying the same thing here, and it's really, really important. So I think Hai is a person who has really seen this problem and applied huge expertise over two decades now of, of um, focus on artificial intelligence world to create a solution that you may find uh, you want to try out, even if you don't use either, or even if you do this manually. I think the idea of using price as a profit tool is really, really underused, partly because Amazon encourages us all as Amazon focus sellers to really focus on velocity unit sales. And that is not necessarily the way to profits, especially in an era right now in um, Q4 of 2021 when we're recording this when stock is so hard to get hold of. So if you want to try out either, you can get a 15 day free trial and um, they're pretty confident over either that you can see an increase in profits within seven days. I've had private conversations where they, they're just very bullish about that, which to me is an extraordinarily short uh, test period for anything. So they're, they are pretty confident in their software. So worth checking out amazingfba.com forward slash Eva if you want to get uh, that deal. And um, also um, extra support for myself. I, I track quite closely whoever they take on from the podcast and I'm very, very happy to put in also on top a free consultation with myself, um, certainly for the foreseeable future for at least half an hour to just review your Amazon strategy generally, which should help put Eva in place. So if that interests you, amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. And whether or not you use Eva 
uh, or another software or do this manually, I really urge you to consider pricing as a profit tool. It is very powerful and most people don't do it. So if you do, you'll be ahead of your competition in terms of the profitability, which means next season you have more cash in the bank to buy more products. So even if you're focused not on profit, but on beating everybody else, you still get ahead of the game either which way. It's the right approach, in my opinion. Hope you agree and will join me on the path to profit. Thanks so much for listening. Speak to you in the next show. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.